The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you're not too pissed about what Stephen Jones has had to say so far at the 2022 NFL Combine. It is Tuesday, March 1st. This is March, uh, which means it is time only for the madness to begin and for us to have our latest BTB roundtable here on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. You can watch us live. You can catch the rewatch on our YouTube channel. Please make sure to subscribe. You can always catch the podcast version if you prefer as well. Subscribe to the Blog and the Boys podcast network, wherever you get your podcast, Apple devices, Spotify, whatever, whenever, wherever, um, Shakira not included. Joining me tonight, it is from the Blog and the Boys podcast network, the first and 10 crew. These three lads got together and recorded recorded an episode with a fourth person, not me, but Dallas Cowboys tight end Sean McEwen. You can hear that if you fire up your Blog and the Boys podcast network and scroll back to this week's episode of First and Ten. Tony, what was your favorite word, single word, that Sean McEwen had to say during your interview? Wow. <laughs> he Did said, he say wow, wow at one a, point in time? A couple of times. I think he was I think he was describing Michigan's uh, def- uh, beat in Ohio State in his first touchdown, so I thought that was pretty cool. Okay. Sturgeon, what was your favorite word? I don't have a favorite word. I have a favorite moment. Can I do my favorite moment? I guess. I mean, All right. Well, my favorite moment rules, is when he, my favorite moment is when he alluded to uh, Dallas, uh, the Dallas Cowboys cleaning house of anybody who wasn't really like a team player, like somebody who didn't fit in the locker room, and then he came back and said that they drafted more of a you know tight knit group rather than what it was. I have my I have my predictions as to who it was, but I won't say it on the air. That was him talking about the 2020 Cowboys that yes. they moved on from certain players um, in, yeah. in order to prepare for 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aiden, what was your favorite question that any of you asked him? So you can pick one of yours. You can pick one of these guys. Up to you. Ooh. Tony just – I don't have a specific one, but I'll say Tony is a great interviewer. He really knows how to lead a question. But Wow. Mm-hmm. Look at Thank that. Thank you, buddy. Thank the you, shade pal. <laughs> thrown at Sturch. Wow, your questions no, no. suck. Sturch, no, Sturch. Sturch is a great interviewer as well. Um, Tony, ask ask one of us a question right now. Go. Let's see you perform. RJ, you listen to all our podcasts. What was your favorite moment of that uh, of that interview there? Mm, playing to my narcissism. You do know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> I I liked hearing 
you know, about the verbiage that Dak Prescott uses and how they meet and they have certain, you know, things that they change, certain things they keep the same. I was honestly surprised, too, and it sounded like you were, Sturge, when he said, uh, talking about loud stadiums he's been in, when he said Minnesota. That was kind of yeah. weird. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. you, you, were, you were like, you played in Kansas City. And he was like, yeah, that's cool. But we played in Minnesota. It was a little weird. Then I got, uh, then I got a little worried. Uh, after I asked, after I said uh, Kansas City, I worried that he was like wasn't on the roster or something at that time. Like I just worried, like oh, did he not play in Kansas City? But then like he just he downplayed Kansas City, so whatever. Interesting. Uh, we have a few things to get to today, as Mike McCarthy did speak in uh, Indianapolis at the combine. Before we do, I wanted to bring something up. I didn't put this on the rundown for you guys, but I was just alerted to it right before we started recording, which is why we got off the ground a little bit late. Um, you all saw the international home games, home teams were announced, the teams that will be the home teams for the international games this season. And the only ones that the Cowboys play in 2022 are the Green Bay Packers and Jacksonville Jaguars. Both of those teams will play their international games in London, Green Bay at Tottenham Stadium, Jacksonville at Wembley. Paul Stewart, who started one of our new shows on the Block on the Boys podcast network with Meg Murray, the world's team, Paul is part of the UK Cowboys contingent, pointed out to me, it, it seems it's a little bit gray, but it seems that these games starting in 2022 are all, I don't know if it's inter or intra conference, but it's AFC, NFC. And so that would mean the Cowboys cannot play the Packers in London, but yeah. that would mean that the Jaguars only have two options of who to play, assuming this is an AFC, NFC matchup. So that means the Jaguars, as they are playing in London, will play host to either the New York Giants or Dallas Cowboys. So again, it seems as if the Cowboys have a 50-50 shot of playing against the Jaguars in London, which they did in 2014. Sturge, would you like to see that? Um, is this going to be one of those games that's like, 10 in the morning start you know or over you know they vary sometimes they have them start at like noon central one eastern so it just depends but yeah i I mean look i'm not in favor of of going anywhere outside the u.s i mean wow it's a national football league man not the international football league so that i i believe that they should be staying put um but if look if london wants to draw yeah they're gonna put they're gonna put the cowboys in there of course tony are you down to me you want to go to london I think I think it's cool. I mean, I always love waking up. You know, I live in the Eastern Standard Time where you can wake up at 9 a.m. and have a football game on and just let it. You're roll not already up at 9 a.m. Tony, you're sure. a homeowner. Tony. You're not, you know, working on the house. I mean, geez, Tony, I'm, I'm with you. I weekend. just don't want it to be our team. That's all no, I feel you. No, I get it. But I think I mean, I think it's cool. I think there's a distraction. But, you know, I'm a whisper this, but I guess I would rather play the Jaguars as somebody that's like, you know, not a. I wouldn't want to play the Packers overseas. You know what I mean? Just because that game is a challenge in itself. We're probably going to, you know, play the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like the sounds of that, at least in London. You know, to both of y'all's point, I would rather play the Packers away from Lambeau. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Aiden, are you, um, are you like these guys? Are you a Harry Potter fan? Like, how do you feel about possibly playing the Jaguars in London? Well, last time we played the Jaguars at London, it turned out pretty well. I don't know. I'm okay with it. I'm just, I don't like, I like my routine. I like waking up and waiting for either the 12 o'clock game or the three o'clock game and then getting really excited about it. I don't like having to wake up and right as I wake up, then worry about, oh, well, the Cowboys are starting in 15 minutes. Let me get excited for that. So I'm fine if they want to play over in the UK. Eh. You guys are boring i mean seriously just super duper boring wow uh embarrassing i hope it happens if it does i'm gonna try to get the family out there try to watch uh an epl match so we'll see and i'll rub it in all y'all faces but anyway okay let's get to what happened today did any of you know 
that Mike McCarthy apparently did not wear any Dallas Cowboys paraphernalia. Did any of you notice this? Are you he serious? did not. I, I saw not. I saw Tom Downey of Chat Sports tweet this. I I need a look and double check, but I, I mean it it seems as if his jacket, nothing that was visible. He could have had something on under the jacket. Uh had the Cowboys star Cowboys logo. Does that, you know, does that make anybody feel any sort of way in any any way shape or form? I'm looking at it right now and it looks like he's just wearing a uh, a big man sweater. I mean, it's not yeah, I mean it's he's wearing a credential. Uh It looks credential- like I'm I'm looking at it too, Sturge. It looks like something you'd get at Costco. You know what I mean? Like just like a like a standard, you know, fleece. You know what I mean? Like right in the middle, like, right in the middle of the store. <laughs> yeah, like the ones yeah, they have no, folded not, on the table no next to the stuff. books. Look, man, he's pissed. He's pissed. I'm sorry. Like I'm starting to be very Team McCarthy lately, man. I know, you know, a lot of people are against it, but like, dude, I mean, there's so many. Like the the quote that I took away from it is obviously the the bigger one, and that was the you know. That's a narrative he doesn't want to be a part of. Like he doesn't want he doesn't want to do this. I still he think said that he specifically when asked about the Sean Payton stuff. But okay, Aiden, do you read into that at all? For what it's worth, I saw a lot of people had their combine appearances. Uh, Bruce Arians had a, an off-brand half zip. It wasn't it wasn't a Buccaneers half zip. So you know, guys guys got closets. I mean, you know, they got to wear their stuff. They all got Christmas gifts like we did. You know what I mean? So do you do you read into this even the tiniest bit, Aiden? You know what? I th- I think Sturch is right. I think he's fed up with the Cowboys. I wow. think he's ready to leave, and I think he should just right get ahead of it. Give his job to Sean Payton right now because he <laughs> deserves better. No, but in in all seriousness, I how much like I'm sure he has a ton of Cowboys stuff. He wears it twenty four seven. I'm not reading into this in the slightest. I think even for me, I own probably fifteen Cowboy shirts. Even I'm some days like you know what. I need to wear something else. Yeah, you know, some days, you know, the Navy just is, is in the mood. You know what I'm saying? That's all it is. Um, Tony, uh, Mike McCarthy took to the podium, and very first thing he said was that Dak Prescott had off-season surgery on his left shoulder. In the last, I don't know, 16, 17 months, uh, we have gone through Dak Prescott's ankle. We have then gone through Dak Prescott's right shoulder strain at training camp. And now we find out that he had surgery over the offseason at one point or another on his left non-throwing shoulder. Mike McCarthy assured everybody that everything's fine. This wasn't a big deal. This didn't impact Dak at all. For what it's worth, Dak opted not to play in the Pro Bowl. Uh, Wanted to get a head start on recovery for 2022. Maybe this was a part of it. Who knows, Tony? Uh, He did do the media rounds at the Super Bowl. Was on different shows. Didn't have any sort of sign, at least uh, publicly, if we're grading people's fashion. Um, You know, are, are you... What do you feel about this, Tony? Are you upset? Are you bothered? Are you stressed? Are you panicked? Is it not a big deal? I mean, you guys are all over the map today. Uh, you know, <laughs> you don't love... I mean, surgery is not a great thing for anybody, right? I think you know, if anybody can avoid going under the knife, I think anybody would. Um, Sometimes say, it's lasers. I mean, you know, we've right. got different I'm, technologies. It's not always <laughs> knives, you know. I mean, you know, anytime you put that, you know, that apron on, you got to go into the hospital. It's probably not a great thing, but... um. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't I don't love it. You know, the quarterback, another offseason with another surgery, and they can talk it down like they've talked every single thing he's talked. You know, everything he's dealt with this year, they've talked down. You know, the ankle's not a big deal. You know, the shoulder is not a big deal. And it's like, and I understand it's football and nicks and bruises happen and stuff, but um, I'm, I'm thankful that it's on the left shoulder and not the right shoulder. But, I mean, again, we're another offseason where, 
we'll see what happens. I mean, you could say anything come March 1st, right? Oh, it's no big deal. It has no effect on him. And then OTAs comes and it's like, oh, we're going to limit his reps or we're going to, you know, t- Dak Prescott is not going to do this or that. So I don't love it. I- I'm going to take the word for it now, which is probably um, not the right thing to do, but I'm going to take the word for it and say it's not a huge deal at this time. Sturch, other people have called you a homer. I never have. Um, and so I think there's a version of you that at one point in time would have said, this is not a big deal. Guys, you were being ridiculous. You're being crazy. Like, it's his left shoulder. It's not anything. It's already March, and he already had it done, whatever. Are you of that mindset, or are you kind of like, man, this this is another thing? You know, like, maybe, and I'm, I'm not saying you're panicked, but maybe just no. a little kind of, man, this sucks. Yeah, no panic or anything like that. But, man, it's like, how many months? <laughs> I feel like there's always something to talk about when it comes to Dak Prescott's health all of a sudden. You know, like the, the ankle is one thing. That's a freak thing. You know, you can't blame anybody for that. That's just a freak thing. But like then the lat, then the, you know, the sh- the first, the shoulder, then the the the, uh, the calf. Now I didn't the even mention the calf. That's a great point. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of stuff that he's been dealing with throughout the course of the year, which could also elude you to say, wow, what a warrior. You know, wow, what a tough guy. You know, great. But at the same time, you're like, Man, if they don't address offensive line and keep this kid upright, we're not going to have him through his contract. You know what I mean? Like he's getting beat up, and uh, I'm not I'm not panicking at all as far as the uh, the the extent of injuries, uh, but the amount is getting up there already. And he's only been in the league for you know six years, and you're already got documented. You know, obviously he stayed relatively healthy for the first couple years of his uh, of his career, uh, but now it's it's starting to pile up, man. So let's just get him rested. Let's get them cleaned up. Like these shoulder surgeries, everybody goes through routine surgeries in the offseason. It's to clean up all the scar tissue and the damage and everything that you basically got knocked around for 17, 18 weeks. You know what I mean? So I'm not panicked. I'm just, you know, enough's enough. Like, let's, let's get this kid healthy. On the panic scale, one to 10, with 10 being the most, are you at a one or is, are you higher than a one at least? I mean, two, maybe just because I mean, oh, so not yeah, a one. Sure. So it's, holy crap. Wow. It's terrifying. not a one, man. It's not yeah. a one. I mean, in an ideal world, I'd like Dak Prescott to have zero injuries. But, I mean, like Sturch said, every player goes through these minor surgeries. And, in fact, I'd rather they, if they have something wrong, I'd rather them get it addressed at the very, very beginning of the offseason when you have now six months to get ready for the 2022. So, I'd actually, if he had something wrong, I'd much prefer him to get surgery on it and get it fixed now than do what Michael Thomas did and wait until two weeks before the season started to get surgery on it. My only issue with how this all played out is I don't quite understand why they're downplaying all this. So I understand they want to subside panic, but it's like, they're almost like I guarantee Ed zero effect on how he played over the back half of the year. And it's like, well, we kind of want at least some type of speculation to remain like, he was at least a little bit hurt, right? Based off what we saw, he had to have been. So that's the only thing that really worried me. I thought it was so interesting. I mentioned Dak kind of did the media car wash leading up to the Super Bowl when he was on the Rich Eisen show. Man, what a what a role that Rich Eisen has played in this Dallas Cowboys offseason, by the way. Uh, but he, he said, Tony, Rich asked him if he felt that the calf injury, again, I had forgotten about this, thank you, Sturge, um, was an excuse, you know, if, if that hindered his season at all. And he actually said, he said, I think other people made it more of an excuse for me than it really was. So, like, are we doing this thing where, you know, we all love Dak? We're like, what a badass. Dak doesn't even want the sympathy here. Or are we like, 
this is weird. This is just funky. This isn't what it used to be. Is this just change? Is this is this Corey Matthews trying to deal with life changing and, and we don't like it because this isn't what it had been for a long time? Is this just part of, of you know, Dak in, in his career, you know, taking its toll to Sturge's point? Like, or, or what? You know, I think that Dak Prescott leans on the side of um, saying the right things most of the time. I know he had one hiccup after the playoff game, whatever. His track record as a whole, he always tries to say the right things. He knows what to say in the right moment. Like if, if it bothered him, he's still not going to use that as an excuse because he knows how it'll be perceived. He's making excuses, whatever the case may be. So, um, I think, I think you take everything in totality. You know, you may take the injuries with a grain of salt. I mean, if you're sitting there getting beat up game after game and you're dealing with injury after injury, it obviously, I mean, we're all clearly knowing that it's going to have some effect on the way you play the football, you know, play the game of football. So, um, yeah, he, you know, it is what it is. I don't think he's trying to be Mr. Tough Guy. I think he does go on these shows and he tries to show a little bit of his personality, but at the same time, in the back of his mind, he's going to say the right things and his QB talk. And, you know, it's not like Micah Parsons. When Micah goes out there, he's going to give you a unique, fresh perspective because he's young and he just wants to, and he's happy to be there. He probably, you know, was a fan of it first. Dak just knows it's a business. He's the quarterback of America's team and he's got to say things in a certain manner. That's something I spoke about recently with uh, Bobby Belt, uh, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 through the fan that you you can see players kind of lose their like, I don't want to call it love, but like innocence, you know, and, and like, because that was Dak, right? Like early on, there was this like, gosh, gee, golly, you know, happy to be here. But, you know, life takes its toll on everybody. You know, you grow, you develop. And you're right. You know, Micah does have this like, you know, this puppy still like running around energy. Uh, whereas Dak's kind of the veteran dog a little bit, you know, it's just, just kind of the way life goes. Uh, Sturch, Mike McCarthy, in all of the things he said, reinforced that penalties were an issue for the Cowboys, breaking news. Um, I have a thought here, but I'm, I'm curious for, for what you have to say, because he said that the number one focus or one of the top focuses of the Cowboys this offseason are to cut down on the penalties. That's discipline. That starts at the top. It's, I feel like um, I feel like that's him taking a little bit more responsibility for it uh, by mm. reinforcing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, obviously we, we all saw the games and we all saw how they all played out and penalties didn't play a massive role in a lot of these games. Um, him reinforcing it today, I would say that's just a credit to his, you know, leadership and, uh, you know, like, again, you really I'm, are team McCarthy. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to lean towards this. it. Cause I feel bad, man. I honestly feel bad considering all the stuff we're going to talk about tonight. It's like, he's on the he's on the like the the just not on the front page right now you know what i mean like he's just trying to like he wants to coach football he wants to analyze some players he wants to go watch the combine he wants to find the next best uh, best thing for the cowboys and and if he said something about the penalties today then that just means he's taking accountability for it uh aiden do you agree that it was accountability i yeah i wavered throughout the day when i thought about this quote it it kind of feels like the easy way out to me. Like if you're gonna blame mm. one, if you're gonna blame one thing for the season, a everybody knows that penalties were an issue. You're one of the most penalized teams in the NFL, no duh. But it he just kind of no feels, <laughs> it just kind of feels like, not not like he's. I don't think he's blaming the refs here, but kind of like, uh, well, it's kind of one of the things that it's outside of our not. It's like kind of outside of my control. Like we did our best to focus on penalties, but newsflash McCarthy, one of your best games in terms of penalties was the Broncos game. I don't, I don't think penalties were the sole reason we lost against the Niners. I don't think, 
penalties were the sole reason why we collapsed over the back half of the year. If you're going to list some things of what went wrong, penalties is like three or four on my list. Yeah, but what do you want? What do you? What exactly do you want him to say? Like at this point, but, but you want him to come out but, and say like, "Well, you know what? Kellen Moore called like a really bad game." You know? What I mean? Yeah, like, that's no, what I want no, him to you say. Want him to I do know that? that's but, just. But the question for this pen, where he issued penalties is, "What are you focusing on this offseason? And he said, "A penalties." And B, I think it was he said fighting through it, fight, yeah, yeah, accountability and fighting through adversity. So when like number one, of, well, sounds, sounds a lot like JG. Just so we know, <laughs> I so no, I disagree. JG would have never blamed penalties. He he never would have. No, done but the whole, uh, never whole the whole fighting through adversity that sounds like a T-shirt. Oh, that, no, yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> like that, just slap that on a tumbler and, and take it to Oxnard. Totally, um, <laughs> Tony. Where, do you fall closer to? I, I'm I'm so excited to get into this, but I want your thought for your, your thoughts first. Do you side closer with Aiden and me? Spoiler, um, or Sturch <laughs> on this? You know, I I think. That I, I, mean, I think he's just pointing out the obvious with the penalties. I think I, uh, obviously the penalties were an issue, but I think that's a direct, um, you know, it's a direct target looking at him. I mean, that's something that he's tangible. If he, if he's not going to call the offense and he's not going to call the defense, he needs to have the direct accountability for how this team is prepared and disciplined. Um, Sean McEwen said it best when he talked. He said he can. He can deal with the combative penalties, but he can't stand the the mental errors, the, the offsides, the you know, the false starts. Those are the things that you felt like were crushing drives. I mean, the holds got to be a problem for the offensive line throughout the year, but those are guys, you know, are trying to you got beat in an instance and trying to make a play. But you know, there's some mental errors that you know you can kind of pencil not to trigger or point him out, but you can pencil in a, a, an offsides on Randy Gregory damn near every week and so it's just one of those things where like um but that's that's a direct correlation to mike mccarthy and his discipline because if we could see that if i'm sitting here knowing that these you know pre pre pre-snap penalties are an issue he's got to know that and he's got to find a way to address it and get that in the team's ear okay wait so i'm still not clear whose team are you on ours or sturges because that's that's really what i care about at this point all right i'm on you guys' side (laughs) oh wow sturge left you on an island I totally agree with you, on, my Tony. <laughs> oh, by the way, what was the thing you told us you had? Search uh, white pizza. Is that like that's what it's called? Yeah, a slice of white uh, white pizza. Yeah. Is that, is that like how you order it? I mean, I, I, you look at it like I'm at a pizzeria, ah. so I'm just like, Whatever. can I have that? <laughs> right so you call there, it a pizzeria, you know? not even a pizza place. I would call it a pizza place. Jesus, I mean, no, it's <laughs> pizzeria. Anyway, um, I agree uh, with you, Tony, that it's Mike McCarthy stating the obvious to me. And Aiden will get this because he's still in school. We all forget how young Aiden is. It's really crazy. It's like showing your work, but with the most like basic principle things, like so that he can get credit for showing his work. You know what I'm saying? Like there are some things that are assumed. This is something that should be assumed. It's kind of like, you know, like a strategy of conversation is repeating somebody's question. Like, what was what was our biggest flaw? You know what I mean? Like that's not like all. He's not really saying anything, but in saying that penalties were an issue, you're right. It was obvious. I 100% agree with you, Aiden. It is still deflecting because it's saying our number one issue, our number one flaw, the thing that is most wrong with us is something that we're not in total control over. It's still placing some of that like the refs are out to get us, the, the refs are wrong, whatever. If the, if the games are officiated more cleanly, then we'll also cut down on our penalties. 
yes, we're at fault, but it's not totally our fault. Blah, blah, blah. I'm totally with you. I really, again, do I think this is like, oh my gosh, McCarthy's gone? No, but this was a not great moment for Mike McCarthy as far as I am concerned. Um, do you agree with anything that we have said, Sturge? Because you were the only one who's, you're about to like create a McCarthy shirt, it sounds like. <laughs> I could. Um, no, honestly, um, yeah, there's merit to what you guys are saying um, it, because t- technically you're right. He's not really addressing any specific problems. He's saying, well, you know, had the refs not thrown all those flags, we would have been a lot better, right? I, I get that, right? I don't like the deflection, but I do think it starts like football is very a, a very, very heavy, disciplined game, and I think that a lot of the mental errors, that starts up top. So I think, I think partially this was him taking accountability and partially saying that I don't really want to talk about last season anymore because it was out of our control. Aiden, I worry that McCarthy has convinced himself, and I'm being 100% serious here, that that's what was wrong with the Cowboys, was penalties. And I worry that, like, that's he's in in his mind, he's convinced himself, if we just clean this up, we'll be good. And I said this uh, on a radio hit I did. Like, I worry he's going to, like, surprise the team with, like, pop quizzes to, you know, quiz them on their knowledge of the rules and stuff. Like, we're going to cut down on these penalties one way or another. And he really thinks, like, that, that they can just, you know, run last season back the exact same way and that as long as they're penalty-free, they're going to be fine. But to your point, one of their best games from a penalty standpoint was one of their worst losses. And so do you get that vibe too that, like, he's just harped – like, he, that is one of the only things he has harped on several times since he's spoken after the season ended. That That is – it seems to be like a buzz idea for him right now. Yeah, I think you're totally right. And I – don't remember who said it because I've tried my best to forget it. But after the Broncos game, there was a Cowboys player who came out and said, like, we focused too much on penalties this week. We thought it was an issue and we just lost sight of, like, actually playing. <laughs> and I, I don't remember who said it, but it, it's like, yeah, penalties are a big part of the game. Yes, you struggled with penalties. But when, like, that is your number one priority for 2022, like, how about offensive consistency? How about focusing like up front and you can say this in more indirect ways how about focusing up front on the offensive line how about this like not establishing the running game but figuring out the running game that failed like there is a laundry list of things you could have said in terms of 2022 and penalties why why is penalties your first thought is that just is your natural habit now just to deflect is it tony is that i mean it i I think the answer is yes. I don't know how it isn't yes, Tony. It's I would I would tend to agree or tend to say that it's not Mike McCarthy or that the the head coach of a of an NFL team, specifically the Dallas Cowboys, wouldn't be in this notion to have to deflect or you know, or you know have face blame somewhere else. But that's kind of what you've seen from this team throughout the year. I think we all kind of touched on it on a roundtable before, like. I didn't know Dak Prescott to be an excuse maker. I didn't know mm. some of these guys to go in and, and blame the referees. And that is a newfound thing that is head scratching this year. And I don't want to be like, oh, it's Mike McCarthy. But like you start to pick up habits when private conversations. And if Mike McCarthy's saying this in a closed locker room and he's they're just reiterating it, I, I don't love that. And I, I don't really know where else to point the finger. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
I, uh, by the way, and I asked Mark Lane from the Hidden Yardage podcast on our network to look for that quote. So uh, hopefully we get it soon. He's uh, he's on the case as as we speak. Sturch, you, dedication right there. I, I think you're right. And I think we agree with you. There is a natural sympathy that comes from Mike McCarthy because the Cowboys have kind of put him in this lame duck spot. Um, but um, do, do, like so in that in a weird way, like is the deflection like a normal human reaction here because he's been kind of cornered, you know, like in a weird way, is it understandable that he's deflecting? Because like he, like all he can do is go on the defense because his own, you know, GM and owners putting him there. He's so tired of it. You know what I mean? It's just like, maybe that is maybe that, you know, almost as if he's going into the press conference, like I'm not going to give them anything. Right. And like, that's what, that's going to be my mentality going in. You want to talk about it? I'll just say, you know what? It was the penalties. We got to clean it up. Clean it up. We'll be a better football team. He's not breaking down X's and O's. He's not placing blame on Dak or Kellen or Zeke or the running game or anything like that. He's not doing any of that. He's just basically just vanilla, you know, vanilla with the whole thing. Yeah, clean up the penalties. We'll be fine. Mm. He's Aiden, so sick of this crap. So am I, I, um, <laughs> I, we've already talked about this um, on the podcast network. I wrote about this, and I also touched on it on the NFC's mixtape that will come out on the podcast network on Wednesday. But uh, we haven't addressed what Stephen Jones said. Um, Stephen Jones, I, I feel like only made things worse. I, I, after Stephen Jones spoke on Monday, I felt so much worse uh, and I already felt bad about this off season. Um, do you agree with that sentiment? Are you talking about the Amari and like, I'm, the I'm talking about, so he, he mentioned just kind of a quick sparks notes for everybody, um, that, that they hadn't they had made a decision that they hadn't really looked at Amari and or tank yet, which suggests that they're gone. Um, he doubled, or I wouldn't even say double. He quadrupled down on Zeke Elliott. Sorry, Sturge. Um, which that was that is, was the roughest part of the entire. It's a really, really was a really bad quote. Um, he basically scoffed at the idea of building their team in any way like the Rams. Um, and he, we already used the word reinforce, but he reinforced the idea that the Cowboys only have a certain amount of, of pie that they can divvy up among all their players and that that pie has to come from somewhere. Um, these were kind of the same old Stephen Jones quotes that we've seen time in and time out, but you know, now applicable to Amari Tank and Zeke Elliott. Yeah. I mean, Stephen Jones depressing all the Cowboys fans. What's new? Um, Heads up, he's not he's probably not gonna appear on the first and ten podcast because <laughs> I just I can't think of a single like owner outside of maybe the Cronkies who's like more proud of doing absolutely nothing than Steven Jones. Like, At least they have it, a they have the arsenal, you know what I mean? Like they they've you know <laughs> Yeah, go go gunners. I just I, I don't You like, would, Aiden. You would <laughs> Stephen Jones, it's just like one of those things like you're riding your dad's coattails. Where do you get off on being just like this, like inheriting his larger than life personality? I just don't. And like his inability to understand salary cap and inability to understand how to construct an NFL roster is just it terrifies me for what happens when I'm Jerry Jones is getting old. What happens? I'm terrified. Remember, remember there was a time there. Remember there was a time there. Like, I think it was. I think it was 2014 when we took Zach Martin instead of, instead of Johnny Manziel, right? And you figured, like, okay, you know what? That felt like a Stephen Jones pick. Like, he stepped in front and said, you know what, Dad? We got to address the offensive line. This is that in the third. And finally, Jerry was like, okay, let's do it, right? And then, all right, great. So now we think, like, oh, wait a minute. 
maybe we have a new voice. Maybe we have something going here. And then, like, just little by little, he just became the McGriddle. <laughs> he just became salty and just crappy again. Like, there's, there's no change here. We're getting another Jones. Tony, We're getting a literally, uh, literally and figuratively. I believe Blue 365 um, says something that I think we all think. Says, how can we be frugal in free agency and still not pay our own? Isn't that the point? And so this is where Steven talks. I wouldn't even say out of both sides of his mouth, but out of multiple like orifices, um, because he, he he loves to say we've got to pay our own. That's that we that the reason we don't dabble in free agency is we want to pay our own players. Then he loves to complain and moan and groan about how their current players take up too much you know pieces of the pie. Then he loves to talk about how they need salary cap space to be able to be active in things like this, despite the fact that they don't go out and get anybody now. This is a separate point. I know you guys all love J. Ron Curse, and I'm not trying to, you know, poo-poo on that. But J. Ron's success is actually going to spite the Cowboys because he justifies their value bargain bin hunting. J. Ron Curse, Carlos Watkins, the way they played last year breathes life into Stevens. We can find production from the bargain bin. We don't have to spend big in free agency, which is going to serve to the detriment of the team in the long term. So again, that's not J. Ron's fault, but you get my point. But yeah, Tony, like he, he says like these contradicting things in, in one breath. It's crazy. Uh, you fully grasped exactly how I felt. Cause when I heard Steven Jones talk and I saw the quotes, I, I wanted my, I wanted to smash my head off. Well, cause like to me, it was just, how can you say the things that you say and not expect people to say, wait a minute, you're contradicting your own self. It's almost like, you know, when they got people debating themselves, like saying complete opposite things. And it's like, Steven Jones, you tell us that you draft so well, and okay, then it comes time to pay these guys, or you can't sign free agents because they're taking up too much money. It's how can you how can you say that? You get mad at paying your guys because what Amari Cooper Cooper got a good deal, Dak Prescott got a good deal, and probably you guys should have probably pulled the trigger on those things a little earlier. Those are your bads, and now the the Cowboys fans, the Cowboys team, we're all gonna have to suffer for it because Stephen Jones doesn't want to look like a fool, and at the same time, like you, you got to understand that. It's talent acquisition. It's a it's a twenty four seven business, like they like to tell us three sixty five. So it, it just drives me crazy to hear him say the things they say, and I'm just like, what are they gonna do? Like you said, you hit it a nail on the head with the Jaron Curse thing. Now they're gonna spend million dollar here, one point five here, two million dollars there, and you know how those go. You don't hit nearly on those as much as you think you do. No, I mean for. For the one J. Ron Curse, there's a million Cedric Thorns. You know what I mean? Like, and and that's what they refuse. They want to. They want to. You know, time you refer to Cedric Thornton. Do you have something against this guy? Or <laughs> when I first started blogging, there was a thing where I would. I remember the very first time I tweeted that I was going to get a haircut, and I was like, "So watch, like a Cowboys thing is going to happen." And Cedric Thornton signed, and so like then it was like a thing. People were like, "Go get a haircut!" Like anytime any like buddy would want something to have, they'd be like, "Go get a okay. haircut!" I just Go want to know if you had like a personal. So like I that one is like burned into my mind because I I remember that experience very vividly. Um, so you know, thank you for for highlighting that, uh, Serge. Yeah, of course. You you mentioned that the Zeke quote was the worst part of this. And it literally came right after he said that they were unsure about Amari and Tank because they have to make some financial decisions. And then, and I actually feel bad for Zeke. Like I, I know, I no longer like hold Zeke accountable. Like this, this is on them. Like they're, they're the ones like 
you know, they're doing as equal they did to, to Jalen Smith. Like, it's no longer the player's fault. They're putting him in this position for the fan base to hate them or turn on them or however you want to put it. But so he says, oh, Zeke, he's a warrior. Talk about a warrior. That's a guy I want on my team. Start speaking in all these lame platitudes and said, but, you know, we can't do anything. The The money's guaranteed. To Tony's point, why is that money guaranteed, Steven? You know, <laughs> that's, that's your fault. But so... Like Amari and Tank have guaranteed money, Sturge, but but that's a hill that they can get over. But Zeke's, you know, guaranteed money? No, no, no. That makes him untouchable. Yeah, I mean, you could you could look at the contracts. I usually refer to like overthecap.com and like to really break down like what's what and what savings and what you could do and what you know moves they can make to manipulate this thing. But yeah, like to praise somebody like Stephen Jones did in that. Oh, he's a warrior. Look at that guy. Talk about a guy who's going to play through everything. But uh, as far as uh, his contract, we're stuck. <laughs> like that's basically what he said. And I'm just like, if I'm Zeke Elliott, I'm like, and I'm watching that, I'm like. What did he just say? Like, what do you mean you're stuck? I'll get the hell out of here if you want. You know what I mean? Just trade me. Do something else. Like, this is exactly what happens. And like you said, you made a Jalen Smith reference. I don't think it's going to get that extreme. Um, The fan base, including myself, completely turned to 180 on Jalen Smith. But, like, I'll never turn on Zeke. And I think anybody... Anybody who's uh, Zeke, Zeke isn't Zeke isn't as as unaware of of things as Jalen. Correct. Was. He's not running around doing any like he had. How many times did he actually do the the feed me thing last year? No, like, like again. All I'm saying is like the team put Jalen in, in a in a much more poor position than he already naturally was in. You know, for, for the fan base to even just in a football sense, turn on him. And that's what they're doing with Zeke. And like this thing about flexing. And I, I talked about this with Tony Casillas on the 750 on Tuesday. Like, Stephen, it is not some flex, Aiden, to brag about Zeke playing through injury because you had a better runner who's arguably better when Zeke is healthy. And so, like, this is not something to be proud of. This, this is an embarrassment, an indictment on how you're operating your team. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have a huge issue. I don't have an issue with Steven paying people that they believe in. Like Dak, you paid Dak, you paid Zeke, you believe in them. Cool. Guess what? You also paid them way too late. And that cost you an exponential amount of more money because you were so terrified of the salary cap for so long that you're like, ooh, I don't know if I'll be able to pay them. Oh, it's finally time to pay them. I guess I'll back the truck up because I have to. Congrats, Jerry. Your hand doesn't cramp. It might not have to cramp if you just pay these people earlier. And so that's why Jalen Smith's going to be making $7 million in 2022 is because you have to sign these horrible contracts because you wait too long. None of this is the player's fault. It's all Steven just being so terrified of the cap that it just causes a chain reaction down the line. The only, the only question I have about the cap is, right, you got like let's just take another team like the Packers for instance right they got an issue right now where they have to pay the best wide receiver in football right and then they got Rodgers thinking I don't know what I want to do yet you know they have all these problems and they have all this you know all these problems with with the salary cap but over the last week you've seen like four key players key components of the Packers organization restructure right they've all opened up all this money where is Dallas doing any of this? Well, they, Why they is will. this not they, a thing yet? They will. They'll touch Dak's deal, and they'll probably, you know, touch. Will they though? I mean, yeah, they'll and they'll touch Martin's deal, and they'll they'll touch those. But they like they shouldn't touch Zeke's deal because the moment they touch any of these deals, they guarantee their money for next yep. year. And so that's you know the Packers are are setting themselves up for a little window right here. And so you have to kind of play that game that that proper balance. But you know, to to Aiden's point. 
and Aiden, maybe you can look this up. Actually, I'm, I'm curious. Steven has lost, Tony mentioned this, every major negotiation that he has, has faced in recent memory. He lost against Amari Cooper, and we forget this, they let him hit free agency. Amari Cooper was technically on the market, got an offer from Washington, and thankfully returned to the Cowboys, although some people would say not thankfully. But so they paid him $20 million a year. They had to pay above market rate for Amari Cooper, what became new market rate. They waited on Demarcus Lawrence. They tagged him. He played on the tag and won and beat them. And then they had to tag him again, Aiden. You know, So they tagged Demarcus Lawrence twice. And what I was going to be curious for you to look up is they had to tag Dak twice before they ultimately paid him. I can't think off the top of my head of another team that had to tag two different players twice within the span of of like five years and then gave them both long-term extensions good for demarcus and good for dak that they got paid i'm very happy for them but aiden it has cost the cowboys a significantly larger amount of money than if they were more proactive if they had more foresight and if they did they wouldn't be in this rut right now they'd have a lot more flexibility because of the ability to forecast what the nfl was going to look like granted that changed a little bit with the pandemic but as a general that sort of thing and yeah i i can't look that up right now definitely something to look at but let me just, when you franchise tag a player and when you go out on all of these sprees of, well, we're tied to their contract, that's not doing any benefit to the players. Do you think Zeke's sitting at home feeling like, yeah, I'm ready for 2022 now that Stephen Jones has essentially said they're tied to me? Do you think if hopefully Amari and DeMarcus stay, do you think they're going to be as productive knowing that? Well, my owner wanted to trade me the entire... You're doing no favors. Even if you have these thoughts, Stephen, for the love of God, keep it to yourself. That's something that Tom goes on and on about, Tony, is that they kind of think out loud. Um, And on the one hand, you know, it gives us great content. Uh, But on the other, it's super awful for the purposes of building a team. And in having success and having sustained success, having a a prominent football culture. Um, It just, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it really felt like everything Steven said made everything worse. Like he he did not say one thing that was inspiring any sort of confidence. I mean, that's the, that's the bottom line is every time he steps in front of a microphone, he kind of leaves you with a head scratching type of uh, feeling about it. They, they, they find a way to negotiate through the media, which I don't think has really worked because at the same time, like why, why do you not give a boat of confidence to these guys who are, you know, I don't know if Stephen Jones believes them to be cornerstone players, but if I'm going to sit here, I'm going to look at Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence. These are the type of guys that this team is going to win with. And, you know, the thought of getting rid of them is not something that I'm t- totally thrilled with. But for them to play the the numbers game, the leverage game, have to have Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence either by their people or, you know, through the Internet, social media, find out that they're saying like, oh, we have to figure it out. And I, I don't want to comment on Amari Cooper's future. Like where where is the productivity? Where is that like? like helping anybody in this situation. Like well, it just doesn't help in just a vacuum, like forget everything else, but in just a vacuum, if you're a Mario tank and Steven says what he does about you. And then in the next breath is like Zeke's a warrior. You're thinking like, am I not a warrior? Like, you know what? Like, why am, why am I not getting this praise from him? Like respect Zeke's a warrior. Cool. But like, there's a lot of warriors around here. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a weird strategy. Uh, I believe blue 365 with a great point that Steven is the worst at pitting the fans against the players. And it is gross. He does that so that people will sit here. We're not doing it and be like, Amari and tank are being greedy. They need to, you know, give up more money cowboys need to you know get what they deserve and and what steven and them want is they want us to sit here and say well amari you know asked for more target sturge and and he got he didn't get you know any more productive whatever so he needs to give up money blah blah the cowboys have it right etc etc it's 
it's ridiculous. It's, you know, but what I will say is I kind of felt bad for Mike McCarthy within Steven's comments to bring it back to McCarthy because you were the one who brought up like, how come the Cowboys aren't restructuring deals, whatever. Steven was actually even specifically asked about that and said, well, you know, we could, but we don't want to damage next year. And like, I don't know why, because they won't do anything next year. But I mean, if you're, imagine you're McCarthy, like, you know, you're on notice. You're being asked these questions about Sean Payton. However unfair that is, that's just the reality of the job. And Steven, your buddy, your pal is out here saying, well, we can make this year a lot better, but we don't want to, you know, we're, we're good. How would you feel? Like, like again, Nobody left Steven's session with the media feeling like he had their back. That's why I think and I firmly believe if this crap keeps up, Mike McCarthy might quit. Like, honestly, like this has gotten to the point where not only did he. Here's the thing. If the Dallas Cowboys were to fire Mike McCarthy after last season, you would say like, yeah, they fell short. Yeah, the 49er game was abysmal. But they did go 12 and 5 after going 6 and 10. Right. So it's just like it's kind of makes you feel a little you know, just a little queasy about firing your coach after a 12 and five season. Now you have a new season coming up. Now you're not going to do anything to improve your team. In fact, you're going to lose players over this. You're going to be, you know, you wouldn't want to assume this, but let's just say they're a worse team. Maybe they missed the playoffs or maybe they get there and they get bounced again. Now you have more ground to say, you know what? Listen, it's not working out, Mike. It's not working out. Sorry, man. You know, the ultimate goal is that Super Bowl, and you're not getting us there. Now it's like they feel better about the fact that they can fire him, and then you have Sean Payton waiting in the wings or whatever the heck they want to do, Dan Quinn, whoever. doesn't matter at this point because whoever they bring in, you know, if they don't have any stroke on this team, you're not going to get the players you want anyway. You know what I mean? So I think Mike McCarthy's in a very bad position right now uh, professionally. Uh, as, as a head coach, He's I, I, I feel like – why would you want to be in this situation? I understand there's only 32 of these jobs in the world, right? So you are blessed. You are right there in front of the world. When you're the Green Bay Packers head coach, yeah, you're getting praise. Yeah, you're getting good records. You're getting to the playoffs. But you're also in Green Bay, so you're not the focal point, right? He is the focal point of every single little thing. Everybody wants to know what's on Mike McCarthy's mind because of the latest quote because Stephen Jones just keep, can't keep his mouth shut. It's saddening. And by the way, before you were talking about franchise tagging, uh, the last time they even franchise tagged somebody twice was Anthony Spencer. No, yeah, like, and they've done it twice. In again, they tagged Demarcus in what seventeen and eighteen, I think. Um, yeah, were the years, but and then nineteen I and mean, twenty was Dak. Yeah, it's it's just no, it was twenty twenty one with Dak. It's just I mean, I, bec- yeah. I mean, it's but five years. You said it five years. Right, right, right. I mean, it's in it's it feels like such low hanging fruit to say this is a dysfunctional team, but th- like people say that and like we've all heard that from friends and family or whatever and like we've kind of like rolled our eyes like okay you're not, you're not paying that much attention but they are becoming the meme that they, they truly are becoming the meme that everybody makes them out to be yeah my first thought when i was reading all this and watching all it it wasn't that we're dysfunctional it was more of like stephen jones is treating the cowboys like a rebuilding team and i don't understand that whatsoever whether it be the news about trading the players, whether it be we can't do anything with cap space, so we're going to get rid of people so we can go all in in a few. It's like, why are you treating this like a rebuilding team? We were 12 and five last year, and that was significantly better than 2020, albeit there was some extenuating circumstances in 2020. But why are you acting like this is a rebuilding team? And it's like, like Sturge said, a coach doesn't want to coach in, during a rebuild. So like, Players don't want to play during a rebuild. So why are you treating this like a rebuilding team? So it's less of, yeah, you're feeding into a meme and that's kind of secondary, but it's more of you're treating this like where we just went 
two and 12 or two and 15 and are hoping that one day things will get better. So let's start cleaning things up. So we'll get better one day. Tony, you have, um, what I would say is maybe the most pure of heart when it comes to the Cowboys. You're kind of the most precious of, of all of us. Um, I say that in a good way. Um, like you really are the chicken little, um, in, in, in that when the sky is falling for you, it truly is falling. Is this the most apathetic you've been about the Cowboys maybe in your life? Cause it, it feels like we're all kind of in that boat. Without, without question. I, I think I was absolutely so burned by the season because I've told you, I've mentioned on this. I, I've never been so sure of a team that like, man, this team has special, this team is special. And, you know, I even ignored the signs of, you know, a bad matchup against the 49ers. Then we come into this and now it's just like, you know, it's funny because every time I hear Steven Jones talk, I may have bought into it in 2014. Like Sturt said, like, oh, it's Steven Jones. He's the new wave. He's going to get us from underneath Jerry Jones's bad mistakes. Now when he talks, I'm like, ah, I don't want to hear it. Like, I, I, you're, what you're telling me, I don't I don't care. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. What you're saying is just hot air and you aggravate me. So stop talking. <laughs> so, you know, but that's, that's kind of where bad. I'm at. That's bad. Shut up. <laughs> um. It feels not great. Um, what what could save this? I'm 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 gonna ask each of you this, but Sturge, I'll go to you first. Like what what like what practically could save this? You know, like what within reason could save this? Would it be like a, a big free agent, like them surprising us, them shocking us, like signing somebody? I mean, I don't even know how that was it like signing Tyron Matthew. I mean, I don't know, like something to just give some sort of juice. Like what could what what could rope you back in? I'll word the question that way, Sturge. You're up first. Restructuring. Restructuring uh, these that's big really, that's a really small bar to clear, but no, because they're gonna, they're gonna do it. They're gonna restructure Dak. You say and Zach that. Martin. You say that. But like, they do I it feel every like year. They, they touch Tyron's deal, and they used to touch Travis's deal and Zach Martin's deal. They'll they'll do those bare bones things. I'm talking about restructuring Amari Cooper and, and restructuring Demarcus Lawrence and guys like that. Restructuring those contracts, not touching everybody else's stuff to clear some space. If you want to make moves this year, and and I'm tired of hearing the Tyron Matthew thing. We're not signing anybody I mean, of that you know, value like again, i'm i'm reaching like, i have nowhere else to reach yeah you know. no there's other fishy people out there that are just continue to beat this over the head and i'm not going to name names or maybe i did already but like i, I just I, I don't understand it like the, the the cowboys have a chance to be great next year with with certain moves and and they refuse to get behind the idea that those moves could be made if things work out in-house and i just feel like they're not they're not doing enough, and, and I feel, I'll feel i go back to this and say I feel bad for McCarthy because Mike McCarthy should walk into Jerry Jones's office and say, okay, and hypothetically, let's just say they, they do decide to part ways with Amari Cooper, right? He's He needs to go into the office and say, how do you expect me to like win if you think Dak Prescott is throwing to CeeDee Lamb, and that's it? Because right now you don't have Gallup. You don't have Cooper. Simi Fajoko, right? though, Sturch. Simi Fajoko. I, I love the kid. I think he's a great kid, but like uh, – uh, He's not Mari Cooper. You can't expect you cannot expect Cowboys fans to get behind the idea that the Cowboys are looking to win the Super Bowl next year, like a Bengals, like like the Rams, like the all-in teams that are doing these big things to get things done. You can't expect the Cowboys fans to get behind this team if they let literally their one best offensive weapon and one of their best defensive weapons walk for nothing. No compensation, nothing. There will be a disarray of Cowboys fans out there saying this team has no prayer of being competitive next year when they lose those two guys. I do think the largest sort of indication of how upset people are with Steven Jones is that he has created a level of sympathy for Mike McCarthy. 
Like, think about that. Like, every, right. everybody was like out on McCarthy. And right. Stephen talks, people are like, man, I feel bad for McCarthy. Like, that's, that's an amazing superpower when you really think about it. Um, Aiden, what would rope you back in? Within reason. I mean, I'm kind of in the boat that I am. I've turned very apathetic in a 2022. I don't wow. like I'm wow. I say Baseball's this out of never all, coming back. Aiden. Wow. I, I say know. this out of all <laughs> sincerity. I think the only thing that could rope me in at this point would be Sean Payton is hired as the head coach or Jerry and Stephen Jones literally hold a press conference and say, we're stepping back from the football side of it. We're going to let Will McClay run the team. We're just going to own the team. Obviously, neither of those two things are going to happen. I don't believe either of those are within reason. So I, I don't know what, what can happen after what I saw. I'm kind of with you. Like, I, my only reasonable things are ridiculously far out of reason. Um, Tony, I realize it is super tough to go third on this question of all questions since you can't copy what either of the other two people said. But what within reason would make you fall back in love? It's... I don't know if it's within reason, and I'm going to say it anyway, but I, just, I would love for Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones to just take a step back from the spotlight and just understand the guys like Will McClay, Dan Quinn, Mike McCarthy, just let them do their job. And I and like Mike McCarthy, like we said, you know, he, he's fed up. He's tired of it. And Dan Quinn almost literally wasn't here because he thought it was too much of a distraction. Like, I don't want Stephen Jones to come out there and, and, you know, try to lay us down softly when he says, well, we don't have the money and we might have to get rid of some of our keystone players. Like, I'm just, I would love to not hear or see their voice again until the war room videos when it's draft day and they're turning in the card. Just make free agent signings spend the money i i've never understood why these guys you know owners want to have money in their pocket to burn when it comes to in the nfl if you're not exhausting all financial ways means whatever it takes to try to win i don't know what you're doing and when you tell us that you're going all in you want to win but in the same breath saying you know we might have to cut amari cooper i don't want to speak on his on his uh his time here at demarcus lawrence it, it, it falls on deaf ears for me so maybe it's not realistic but that's what i'm hoping for None of you had the kindness or politeness to ask me what my one thing within reason would be. Um, and this is really like lame. I realize it's like, I realize that like I'm putting out like the bar is low to, to, to the point I said with you search, like all you gotta do is restructure some contracts. I, I'm, I might be like, if there's like a, I'm talking like an elite Dak Prescott hype video, like him working out on, on his, in, in his backyard, like that, that might be able to like, maybe that, maybe that might, might might not pull me all the way but that might get me off my seat like okay you know like that that might me might get me back into the like everybody sucks but Dak is back you know what i mean and like i i can at least ride with that um again i realize it's a very 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 low bar tony wait after the super bowl that hype video didn't get you going um <laughs> that was so sad i, I do feel bad because oh, because wow. like the the people at the mothership are awesome. Like they had nothing to do. They have nothing to do with the team's dysfunction. No, you know what I mean? So I feel, job. Yeah, I feel bad that they have to like take the L on that. Mm -hmm. Um I actually was reminded do you remember last year when they released the hype video, how it did not feature Dak and that was like a big thing uh because of the contract negotiations. So um that was I was like looking at stuff from last year. I so I was gonna say it could be worse, but I think this is still worse. I mean it's it's That's tough. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say rock bottom because of the players you do have next year, regardless. Like, as long as four is on their center, it's like you got yourself a nice uh, a fighter there, right? And as long as we got the, the you know, Micah Parsons hype and all that stuff, great. You know, we do have talent on this team. It's just a matter of, like, what's going to be the next move that we make that, like, makes us say, you got to be kidding me. Much like I, I reacted harshly when they released DeMarcus Ware. You know, I was, like, very, very out on that move. I said, I can't believe, like, you're going to release this guy and he's going to go win a Super Bowl. <laughs> well, you know, incidentally, yeah. they released him in the same offseason. So they released their star top pass rusher in the same offseason. They released their top wide receiver who wore number 19. They released Miles Austin that same offseason. I think, in, I think in Dan Rogers put out a good tweet. Like, let me paint a picture for you or something like that. Some good tweet where it's like, there was a roster moves made and it was just like, by the way, it's not even as bad as what's about to happen. <laughs> right. So like we're all prepping for this, this fall from grace right now. But like I said, as long as you play in the NFC East, you have Dak Prescott, you know, you got a shot, but again, they're not really making us feel optimistic. Can, here. can you guys sell it? Like, I mean, honestly, I'm sorry not to hijack it here, but can you guys even sell what getting rid of Demarcus Lawrence and Amari Cooper is like a no. positive spin for this team? There's no way to sell this. It just doesn't make any sense to me. No, Tony, I, I can sell it. This is what's probably what's going through Stephen Jones' mind. Oh, I okay. can trade slash cut Amari Cooper, our best receiver, one of our best receivers, and trade slash cut Demarcus Lawrence, our best defensive end, so that I can sign my second best defensive end. And my third best receiver. I don't know how that's working in Stephen Joe's mind, but that has to be his thought process. See, and what I, pocket the cash? <laughs> I disagree with that though, and I don't think I think Randy Gregory's gone. I don't I don't think that they are going to pay him what somebody else is going to be willing to. And so, even if, they, Robert cut, even if they cut Lawrence, yeah, I think that that like that's what terrifies me. Like if we're talking like what's our DefCon one is the most dangerous, right? It's not DefCon five. Um, so like what what Lawrence. is our DefCon one? It's, it's, I mean, like, look, I love Michael Gallup, but we're at a point where like, we have to put hopes in a receiver who's coming off of a January ACL tear. That's what they've done to us with this Amari thing, which is really unfair to Gallup because if they do let Amari leave for whatever reason, they trade him, whatever, and they, they sign Michael Gallup to a one-year deal, whatever, blah, blah, that will put an enormously unfair level of expectation on Michael Gallup to come in and be the hero that needs to be there with Amari Cooper gone. But I think there's a world where, I don't know, Detroit or somebody just like bids crazy on Michael Gallup because they have the cap space to get whoever they want, and he's gone. They cut or trade Amari. They cut or trade Demarcus Lawrence, and somebody pays big on Randy Gregory because he had a great season. That's very, very, very possible for those things to all happen. And that's that's why these, these moves in a vacuum are stupid and dumb and ridiculous that we're even having to talk about. But the fact that you can compound them with losing your arguably best players at these two positions and losing secondary players at those positions as well is what makes it so terrifying. It's brutal. It's brutal. It really, it's brutal. it really is. I mean, to, to to think about it in totality, it. I try to. I try to rationale. I try to get in there, and I'm like, Stephen Jones, what's he thinking? And I'm just like, none of this makes sense in any way. I cut it and and try to configure it. So I'm. I don't know. I'm depressed. Um. Okay. So no baseball. No doubt. <laughs> I don't football. know. I'm depressed. Um. <laughs> anybody else have anything they want to say? And anything about it can be anything about life or food or whatever you want. Now's the time. All I'm I, just, what I'm gonna say is that I know like the common argument is like they run the team. They probably know what they're doing. I was just having a conversation with somebody who like works pretty closely with the team, and their their advice to me was essentially like, just because you 
work in the on the media side, not on the team side, don't assume that you're any less knowledgeable. And that has become so unbelievably apparent to me today that like I our our opinions, yeah, I'm yeah. I do think that there is this level of like Steven saying the things they would have said in, you know, nineteen ninety nine or two thousand two or whatever, when the average fan or blogger or whatever wasn't as educated or wasn't as smart or wasn't as hip. And so like they, they would have gotten away with these things, you know, back then, cause nobody really would have thought twice about it, but now people are, have caught on. And so now it's tough. There was a great ESPN write up on the baseball lockout yesterday. Uh, I'm sure you all saw the quote. They talked about if you replaced all 1200 players in major league baseball, that the product would suffer significantly. But if you replaced all 30 owners with 30 other business people, that it really wouldn't suffer that much. And so like if, and I asked Tony Casillas this actually earlier, and I'm, I'm sure none of you would disagree, but if we replaced, call it Amari, Tank, call it Gregory, Gallup, whatever, we replaced any of those people with any players who play those positions on earth, or we replaced Steven Jones, where's the bigger drop off? The play. The players, right? Yeah, like it's, it's much more easy to like, I, I think that my point is, I think Steven Jones is much more worse at his job than any of these players are at theirs. Yeah, one of those you named was actually an upgrade in my eyes. So replacing <laughs> Stephen Jones in my, oh, gotcha. with okay. uh, the average guy. Yeah, that'd be an upgrade. Um, okay, Sturch, uh, as we leave, what is your favorite thing to cook and why? Favorite thing to cook. You know, I, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I'm not like an egg whites and omelet guy. I, I, I like cooking a good omelet. I don't know. I'm a breakfast guy, I guess. Okay. You like flipping it around or are you just like, yeah, I'm, I get a little crazy with it when I can, you know? Okay. What goes in your omelet? So give us the search recipe so we can all try it this weekend. Cheese. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> We're not putting like tomatoes or chives or nah, onions. Or... I'm a very plain Jane guy when it comes to my omelet, egg whites and cheese is my go-to okay. multiple, multiple different varieties of cheese. There is Tony, you putting like peppers in yours. Like, you know, you get a little bit more, I mean, you know, I'm getting a little Western omelet action, a little ham, onion, some green pepper mm. in there. So ham, ham as a general food is really overrated and actually kind of dumb. Like, I think ham is stupid. If <laughs> ham, if, if, if ham like disappeared from the face of the earth, I really wouldn't lose much enjoyment of life. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Aiden, what um, do you cook? I was, as a college kid who masters in ramen. I ramen soup the, and hot pockets. I, I, I do think the most sophisticated thing I can make is an omelet. And I know that's not sophisticated, but that is probably- Wow, shot one. at Sturge. Um, okay, no. all right. Uh, Basically, I'm a college kid. I could do just as much as you can with a full-blown house. <laughs> thanks, yeah. Thanks everybody for tuning in tonight to the round table. Sorry, it was just a uh, you know, bunch of complaining, but you know, we'll be back next week to do it again. Thanks yeah. everybody. Have a great week.